0: What is up, guys? Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. What I'm going to be doing with this show is actually showing you guys what exactly you need to look for prior to buying, building, selling, or even renting a home. I'm going to bring in some of the top people in the industry so we can dive deeper into discussion about these topics and really give you guys the tools you need to learn and know prior to making one of the biggest purchases of your lifetime so with that being said guys welcome to the real build So, welcome to the real build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. And today I have a special guest coming all the way from Granite Bay, California. He is the owner of Anchored Tiny Homes, which is a family owned and operated business that has been serving their local community for over 30 years. His parents, Scott and Lynette, owned many successful businesses in the construction industry, ranging from shed manufacturing business custom garage builders, building homes, pool houses, granny flats, and more. He started Anchored Tiny Homes with his wife. They have now created a true family-owned and operated business with his father and obviously who I'm interviewing today, Colton and the older son and Austin, the younger son. Their values are all about faith, family, and serving others. He's also a fellow member of the Arte Syndicate with me. Most important, he's a husband and a father. Colton Poulos, welcome to the real build, man. How you doing today?
1: Good, good. Thanks for having me on, Bill. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man. Like we were talking about before, I'm glad to have you on. Me and you have been kind of going back and forth with this too. Uh, You know, trying to. It's been a few months. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but I'm excited, man. Uh, I love what you're doing. I uh, reading reading up on you and and doing the tiny homes i i haven't had anybody in your field so i'm excited to dive into that with you today perfect man thanks for having me really appreciate it yeah so i want to get started with your background a little bit that's what i always like asking everybody so who is colton
1: so um honestly i grew up uh playing sports so i was an athlete uh played basketball and football growing up um I don't have the traditional story of, you know, selling lollipops at 13 years old, door to door. My focus was I was going to be a pro football player. So that was kind of my dream growing up. Uh, I wanted to be in the NFL. So got a scholarship to uh, Colorado State, played football there as a defensive lineman. Um, and just honestly, uh, a little bit of my past was I, I partied too much and, and wasn't focused and, and got in some trouble. Um, and about five years ago, um, I found the Lord. I'm a Christian. And so gave my life to to God. And now um, I've been, you know, starting companies for the last five years. Um, I'd say the, the one word that describes me and it drives my wife crazy is relentless. <laughs> just just being someone who's just relentless. Like I just won't quit. You know, I just won't. I'm not not someone who's going to give up. Uh, or give in whether things go hard, um, they're going good. I'm just going to keep fighting. And so I think that would be the best word to describe me.
0: Yeah. I love that, man. I, I connect with you on a lot of different ways right there. I mean, the football background, um, I, I played college football myself, uh, partied too. I did the same thing, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and it just, I never had until you finally start realizing, obviously I'm a Christian as well. And Mm -hmm. I mean, God helps in a lot of ways and we can, we can go deep, deep into that, but, you know, Mm -hmm. staying, your relentlessness and everything that you're talking about a lot of it comes from your story though and the things that you did go through too uh being a football yeah. player you obviously you learned a lot on the field off the field too which has probably helped you with business i mean i know it did me looking back as well For sure especially making it to the college level but um uh, yep. you know going through like we all i had i had my party mode i wasn't that 22 year old uh that was uh, flipping houses and, and selling real yeah. estate. You know, I was a 22-year-old that was worried about partying and girls. So, you That's know, right. we, yeah. and we came from the same boat, man, but it's it's crazy how things turn out. And then, you know, and oh, yeah, you, feel, you and get God older. Uses
1: all, he uses it all, you know, he uses our whole story and um, it's part of my background. And honestly, it, it is why I am where I am today. I really believe that. I think all of the parts of my story and your story lead us to where we are today. So, so I'm grateful for the things I went through. I made some really dumb mistakes, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we could get deep into the past. I mean, I was even expelled from Colorado state. Um, so just, just some dumb mistakes, a lot of fights, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of just stupid things. So, but I got a hold of my life and, and now I'm all in, I have a wife, I have a daughter. Um, and so, you know, life is good.
0: Yeah, we can we can both relate quite a bit on that. <laughs> you're, you're speaking you're speaking the same. That sounds like my story too. But you you know uh, you you it. you grow up. That's the thing too that you grow up. You you went through a lot of the stuff that you did personally for a reason. I'm a big believer in that too. I mean, if I didn't go through half the stuff I did, I don't think I'd be where I am today. I don't think I would have learned totally. the lessons I did today too, and be as kind of structured and 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 really you you just long story short, I mean, it makes you realize a lot and, you know, yeah. you, you can't regret the past. Obviously you were in the present. We got to look forward and so on. And it happened yeah, for a reason. Yeah. So yeah.
1: I think one thing I'll add to that, I and mean, then, you know, you can ask the questions, but one other thing I will add is I think part of the past is like my mentality now is I'm not going back. You know what I mean? And so I've cut off all all possibilities of ever going back to failure to to feeling broke to feeling broken inside and so that's part of my relentless behavior nowadays is to say look I'm not going back and I'm Mm going to do whatever it takes to build this great life for my wife for my daughter for my family my dad you know he's built successful companies and you know I want I want to be able to retire him I want him to be 60 and and be taken care of. And, and so I think that part of my story is what makes me relentless to say, I'm not going back, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Cause I come from a family owned business too. And, and one of my primary missions with the whole thing too, is like just to build upon, uh, you know, obviously my dad started a foundation, but, and I've been working my ass off to build it up and make it even better, you know, but also take care of him, you know, because it's, that's, that's the whole thing. Take care of him and my mom uh, one day. And, and, you know, it's like, like we just said, if you didn't have those past experiences, you probably wouldn't be to where you are today. I mean, it's probably fortunate fortunate that you did have those past experiences and a lot of it you got out of the way because you could be having it right now too you know what i mean but yeah. you got that all out of the way now you're ready you know you're you have that mentality that you do you know the relentlessness yeah. and so on to where you you have the drive you want to be successful and it's come yeah, right. from a lot it's of like past-
1: what it's like what ed says you know we're part of Arte. he says everything's happening for us yeah not to us so all those bad things that happened to me, they happened for me. You know, they shaped me into who I am today.
0: Yeah. I a hundred percent agree, man. Love that. We we can relate on a lot of levels. So that's why I'm glad to have sure. you on today, too. Um, you know, let's talk about your construct I mean, your life a little bit more. How did you get started in construction? What was your reason? Uh, you chose construction over other industries.
1: For sure. So I'll tell you a little. So about five years ago is when I, you know, started in the entrepreneurial world. Um, I had a marketing company, I launched a fitness app, um, like six or seven different companies that had some success and then they would kind of die down. Um, you know, a lot of failures along the way. And then about gosh, what was it? Three years ago, two and a half, three years ago, um, my dad has been operating a construction company for 30 years. Right. And so his main company that we still have actually, our a construction company, but was custom garages. So he was operating that about three years ago. Um, and actually what inspired me to jump into the family business was um, I was having a daughter. So I found out my wife was pregnant um, and I'm like, okay, things are getting real. It, it, it's go time, you know. Enough with trying all these these things. It's it's time to really execute and make something happen. Um, So, anyways, I uh, I jumped into the family business. He was doing custom garages, and you know, just went all in. and And we started marketing. And I think the first few months we we did like two point five three million in sales in custom garages. And really, the rest is history. So so we grew up the construction company. Um, we were doing really well, really well there. And then about six months after that, I, I went to my dad. And I'm like, you think we could build tiny homes? Because I had seen, you know, on, online that they were taking off and, and, and things were going good in that industry. And he's like, yeah, no problem. We can do that. Do that. No problem. And so anyways, I threw up a Facebook ad and within three days uh, we had 300 inquiries. And so I'm like, huh, there might be a market here. <laughs> Uh, let's try, let's try to go for it. So then we designed a few models and within a couple of weeks we had two sold and the rest is
0: history. Wow. That's impressive, man. I mean, to come up with that idea, just explain to, you know, a little bit more detail, what is exactly a tiny home? Just so the listener knows.
1: So, so there's, there's two facets to this, right? There's um, like the tiny home industry will say it's a tiny home on wheels, right? So there's your RVs and park models. So we certify all of our tiny homes on wheels um, as RVs and park model, who is once eight and a half wide, it can move down the freeway. The other is 10 to 12 wide, and you have to get a permit to move it down the freeway. Um, but it's a, it's literally a custom home, high-end finishes, same stuff you're doing on a small scale, a really small scale. So anywhere from 160 square feet up to 400 is kind of the range.
0: So, so what is usually in just one bedroom, usually like, what do they consist of? You know, one bedroom, one bath, kind of just basically like a, a trailer or bus, somebody would be right. You know. Yeah.
1: It's a, it's basically a high-end RV. So, so like some of them have loft bedrooms where you walk upstairs or, or, or a ladder and go to the bedroom or some of our models um, have a downstairs bedroom. Hmm. Um, and then we just recently introduced a two bedroom model uh
0: for for families. It's great it's so interesting to me too. I mean like it's tiny you know somebody living permanently in a tiny home where it's this, mm-hmm. so why did you choose why did you choose to get into tiny homes and not let's say like custom home building or something like that? obviously you talked about you found that niche, but what yep. was the main what made you think of it?
1: I think, I think, um, there, there wasn't this necessarily like purpose behind it. Um, it was more of a, I'm having a daughter and I'm going to do whatever it, whatever it takes to make it happen. And so I've always, I grew up in construction. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think my rebellious side was like, I'm going to start a company not in construction. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did the same thing. I would want to just do something else, right? But, but building on the foundation that my my dad built for thirty years, him and my mom, um, was actually the wise thing to do, right? So, so when we launched the tiny homes, God, we sold two within a couple weeks, and then it just took off, and that's really the reason why. And that now there's gratification in, you know, we have a lot of customers who sell their house and they pay cash for a tiny home to get out of debt. Um, we have people who can't afford traditional housing in California because it's, I mean, it's just insane out here, mm-hmm. probably similar to Florida. Um, so, so they can get a tiny home. They can feel that pride and ownership. Um, so the purpose now stands, but before it was kind of like a, I'm going to do whatever it takes type of thing to, to make it happen for me and my family.
0: Yeah. So do they have just like spe- specific, so is it like, um, you know, do they have like specific lots for these tiny homes that they go to or do the people, how do you work that? Do they buy a property? Do they just live on the home on that property? How, how is that? Work all, out? all of
1: the above really. So we, we don't deal with the, um, the placement of the tiny homes per se. We just do the manufacturing side. So okay. we build the tiny homes. I'd say 90% of our customers <clears throat> park them, um, on friends or family's property. So here locally, like at least where we are, um, people have like two to five acres. Um, and that's where they park them a lot of times, or in the backyard, you know, in the Bay Area. Like we'll get we'll get a lot of Bay Area orders. So San Francisco, hmm. um, and they're just parking it in the backyard at friends or family's uh, property.
0: Wow. It's so interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. It's interesting. Yeah. Too. So it's similar to like an
1: ADU, an accessory dwelling unit
0: yeah you know yeah i actually i actually had a guy on my show um he's from he is from california too he's thinking about doing uh sheds in backyards as well yeah so he's he's kind of in the plans with a partner to do start doing stuff like that because you know people need more space because of covid being stuck inside which i'm sure that's benefiting you as well you know some people probably even buying those for space you know just to have their own little woman cave or man cave or that's you know. right totally <laughs> so, all the time yeah so that's pretty cool man this and so let's talk about your process with it a little bit more what's your process with start from start to finish like
1: from a customer standpoint when yeah they,
0: yeah when bill okay. this order comes in or do you do you, obviously do you sell them or do is this custom yeah. built orders or
1: it's all they're all custom built right now um, we'd like to as we grow uh, transition the business to um, to be like we have inventory in stock. Someone comes in and they just leave with a tiny home the same day, similar to like an RV would be. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what we want to get to. But right now a customer comes in for the most part, either over the phone or in person, they tour our facility. Um, I'm the one mostly doing the tours, me and my brother. Um, for right now we're, we're trying to work on building out a sales team, but Um, we're doing most of the in-house sales right now. So me and my brother, we'll show them, they'll select, you know, we have four models to choose from. Um, and then they'll select a model, which is just a floor plan. And then once they select the floor plan, um, they sit down with our designer, they put a $2,500 deposit down, um, or get pre-approved for financing one of the two. Um, and then once they get pre-approved for financing or put the deposit down, they'll sit down with our in-house design team. Um, they'll go over everything they want. So fixtures, you know, cabinets, uh, tile, you know, the whole thing. Right. Um, and then once the design is done, we give them a final, final bid, um, based on what they chose. Um, and then once, once we get the final numbers, the final bid and they do the design, uh, they put 40% down, we order their trailer, uh, cause they're all built on a trailer um, and we start ordering their materials. Um, and then, and then right now our lead time is about four to five months. So, so we'll sit on some of that inventory for a little while and then begin their build like two to three months after, um, our, our, our actual build time. Once the unit gets in the shop is about four weeks. Hmm. So, so three to five weeks really is about the lead time.
0: And then you deliver and they're on their way with their, with their tiny yeah, home. Yeah, That's... and then so
1: once it's, <laughs> once it's built, um, we have like nine bays in the shop <clears throat> and then there's, you know, we have a framing crew, uh, a finish crew, roofing crew, all that stuff. And then the, they will, you know, finish the unit. It comes outside, we take photos of the unit um, and then it's delivered within a day or two. Um, and then it's up to the customer to do the hookups and, and connect it to utilities.
0: That's, that's, yeah, it's so cool. I mean, how, how, I mean, me being in the construction industry, I think that's the coolest thing. I mean, so that's why I'm, I'm going to be picking your brain on this too. What about how, how are they built? Like, uh, what are you using material wise?
1: Uh, so we, a lot of our siding is LP siding. Uh, okay. we use metal roof, uh, 16 on center studs. So it's built like a house. Um, most of our interior siding isn't drywall, just because if it when it goes down the road it cracks. So we use like shiplap quite a bit, or okay ACX plywood um, to try I, to make it look like drywall.
0: Are they insulated at all? Or yep. Okay. Yeah, we use R-13 our,
1: our insulation in the walls, R-19 in the ceiling, um, and then they there's a 50 amp electrical box to hook into. Um, Three-inch ABS pipe for plumbing, so it's just standard plumbing. Or you can do a compost toilet or an incineration hmm. system. So it's kind of like a combo between an RV and a custom home.
0: Yeah, which is awesome. I, um, and that's what I was going to ask you. So when they're building these custom uh, tiny homes, are they going to like vendors picking out tile, picking out you know they making their lighting selections? Or are they doing like you know appliances like what are the appliances like are they, you know are is there a very yep. custom approach to it
1: there is yeah so so we we have recommendations we use build.com for a lot of different things um and then for our tile uh you know we use like a local company um quarter okay. policy it's called but um or sometimes we use floor and decor too but yeah, they, they can go as custom as they want. We have recommendations just for our process to, to streamline things, you know? Um, so for the most part, they're, they're selecting, uh, build.com, all different kinds of stuff from there. Um, and yeah,
0: what's the, so what's the, what is like, you know, why should somebody own a tiny home? Like what is the benefit, you know, what's beneficial to owning a tiny home? Just explain a couple of few. Things I think it,
1: it's it's the lifestyle, so okay. it's the choice to say, I'm downsizing. Um, I want to simplify my life. I want I want to get out of debt. Um, like we, I just cl- you know closed a tiny home last night. Um, the wife's a nurse, and he owns his own company. They make like three four hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. They're killing it, right? And they, mm-hmm. um, and they're getting a tiny home. They're getting a custom tiny home. They sold their house um and they just want to downsize and they want to be able to travel and and kind of live free apart from from their mansion house you know
0: yeah, yeah i mean definitely gives you options too because you can travel and so on too i mean and, and obviously the benefactor it's beneficial and obviously the amount you're spending on them too like you were saying too and yep. i mean you you're, you're one of your mission statements is you're solving the housing crisis in the US. I saw something on your website about that. So, explain that a little bit right. more, too.
1: So, especially in California, right? So, I don't know about a bunch of other places in, in the country, but California has really become the epicenter of unaffordable housing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just insane. People can't afford rent here. And so, with our tiny homes, we have a couple of lenders that we work with that they can get into a tiny home for you know six, seven, eight hundred bucks a month. Um, whereas rents for a one bedroom apartment is fifteen, sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars. Um, or more even. Um, two bedroom is two thousand to twenty five hundred. Wow. So, you know, it's in and, and it's the job market doesn't necessarily Uh, support that. So then you have homeless people. I mean, we have a huge housing crisis in this state. And so we're kind of implementing a a product that says you can downsize, but you can still have the finer things, right? You can still get the nice tile, the nice light fixtures and customize um, and feel good about your pride and ownership. Um, But, you know, so then you can live, comfortably and live in something that you, um, that you, you want to be in, you know, rather than paying a bunch of money each month for rent and you don't even want to live there.
0: And that's a huge problem in a lot of places and especially, you know, cities, stuff like that is, is solving that crisis and, and making things more affordable. I mean, uh, even in yeah. Florida, you see it too, to where it's just, there's a lot of multifamily being built, but like some of the rents they're charging. Like, I know somebody that's in a, it's like a one bedroom and the rent they're paying, like, I think they said like 1300, 1400 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, which is yeah. insane for a one bedroom. Um, Crazy. You know, and it's just what you're doing is awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're going to, your future plans, which we'll get into, I'm sure you're going to probably want to take that uh, you know throughout the country in certain areas mm-hmm. too because if I was you I would uh, you For know because sure. you got a good thing going as far as helping solve that crisis too because I mean not a lot of people can't afford to buy a brand new home um yeah or even remodel a home too I mean I deal with it on my end it's just and a lot of people over leverage themselves in my opinion because right. they're they're trying to get into a home and uh, obviously mortgage rates are low right now. And I think there is probably a lot of over leveraging going of people that, you know, they're like, rates are low. Maybe we can afford the payments that are renting. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. And then, you know, things can change real quick. So what you're doing is a big, big solution to a big problem. Uh, so yeah, start building those things. (laughs) (laughs) We're cranking
1: them out. We're actually, uh, little insider information, but, but we're actually raising an investor round. Um, I posted it in the RT syndicate and I've had a couple of people reach out, but, um, yeah, we're raising around to, to do that, to get some inventory to get set up in a bigger factory so we can start mm. automating some of our processes. Um, and then third to, to start, you know, going to Southern California, uh, nevada texas and, and just different places across the country um with our product
0: yeah uh, i really think you need to too because um it's it's an it's a definitely a necessity uh, a lot it would help a lot of people i mean it makes sense mm-hmm. and then they get that home yeah. feel and that custom home feel on top of that too even though it is Correct. a small space but not everybody needs a huge house yeah so.
1: that's right Yep. And it's not for everybody, right? I mean, it's like, it's just not for everybody. But at the same time, those who, who like the product, they they love it. I mean, the tiny home industry has kind of grabbed people by, you know, taking people back because um, it's just it, people love it. They love the idea, the concept of downsizing and 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 really, you know, entering into that lifestyle.
0: I'm sure with, and we'll get into this a little bit, I'm sure with COVID, uh, the way it is to airline travel, stuff like that, too, it's only going to benefit you and people purchasing tiny homes that want to travel as well. Because, you know, I think there's airline travel, yeah, it may come back to the extent it was, it probably will eventually. But right now, I mean, there's probably people out there that still want to travel and, yeah. I mean, what you're doing mm-hmm. could be a game changer. I mean, it probably already sure. is a game changer to where they can travel in the comfort of basically towing their home behind their car and sleeping that's where right. they want in certain areas that they want, seeing the country mm-hmm. where they want. Totally. So yeah. that's right. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's huge. So how is in, in your opinion too, just to get into this topic, cause it's so important. How has COVID affected your business?
1: So, um, it, it grew, it grew during COVID. So, so we went, we're still a small company. We went from, you know, 12 employees at the start of COVID to, uh, I think we're at 24 now. So, um, so we've doubled in size and we really could have 30 to 35. Um, that's why there's a backlog, but, um, we're going to wait till our new factory to really ramp up and hire a bunch of new guys new employees um so yeah i mean it doubled our our business really did double during covid
0: and another thing um obviously uh let's i want to kind of obviously doubling in covid and then your business growing the way it is how are you handling you know the volume that you're getting and with like your subcontract or you don't really use subcontractors but you're your contractors that are building these, how are you training them to still deliver a quality product? Obviously that's top of mind you is the quality that you're, you're putting out there because it's your name on the product. Uh, How are you doing that? How are you training these guys going to that Mm -hmm. a little bit? So, so
1: originally originally, so my dad's a GC and then my brother is more, he's more the builder um, Mm -hmm. than I am. I'm more like business sales, you know, vision, things like that. Um, so my brother uh we have team leads so we have our finish lead our framing lead you know electrical lead plumbing lead and so really we've trusted our lead guys to train the, the new crew of of employees we hire in their category coming in okay so um yeah so I would say I would say the biggest thing is just trusting those team leads in each, each department to to train up the new guys to say this is how we do things you know um these are the systems we have in place um and we're you know it's it's turned out good we, we still deliver a really quality product um you know so it's it's worked out really well
0: and as far as innovative materials stuff like that solution are you innovating coming up with you know, making, maybe making these lighter, uh, obviously we might see if we see an increase in gas prices, you know, stuff like that. How are you taking all that into consideration, innovation on them?
1: Um, as of, well, we're, we're always trying to come up with new product ideas, Mm -hmm. but as of each, each specific tiny home, um, there's nothing necessarily innovative besides the fact of whatever the customer chooses,
0: Yeah, you know, we can do
1: like different storage areas and things like that um, we'll always be implementing.
0: Okay. So they kind of come in with an idea of the design they want. You do have like, obviously you have examples, but they can even customize more off of that. Yeah. Do more storage. So we designs. have our
1: four models, we have our four models, and then we also do fully custom. Okay. So, I mean, you, you choose layout finishes, siding, roofing, colors, windows, you know, the whole thing window placements all that so they'll sit down with our designer um and yeah so we do, we do fully custom as well
0: let so, yeah this, this is cool man uh it's so different obviously from what i'm doing i'm doing custom homes and then you know you doing the, the same custom just the smaller version as it's it's pretty cool it's pretty like, good right. yeah but um So your turnaround times, you were, you talked about that, uh, how, let's go deeper in your sales process on it too. I kind of want to hear that beginning stage. How, how are people, you know, finance programs, stuff like that. If somebody was looking for a tiny home, I was, I was to walk in your shop. How how would you initialize that process right there?
1: So, so, so honestly, to answer your question about the financing, so the financing piece of it is honestly the thing hindering, um, this industry from being uh 10x 100x the size mm-hmm. it is um cuz for example we have since Gen- so so last year we we had 17,000 leads come in um through our facebook and instagram wow. and google marketing um 17,000 leads so we obviously can't even handle all those leads and some of them are unqualified but a lot of them are qualified. They have good credit. They have a decent down payment. Um, there's just no real financing um, in this industry. Now, granted, we're working on two separate things that really could kind of change the industry. One is a credit union um, that's agreed to run a pilot program with us for about six months um, to see how it goes. <clears throat> um, and then the second is a home improvement lending company, which you're you might be familiar with. Um, some of these home improvement lending companies, they they've actually agreed to, um, to partner with us and, and start financing our customers. And all of this is going to roll out in the next month. Um, okay. So in regards to our sales process, you know, a customer comes in or on the phone. Um, I handle the majority of, of the closing. Um, we do almost all of our leads come in from Facebook and Instagram. They run through a funnel. Um, they fill out a form. Once they fill out that form, <clears throat> it sends an automatic text text message through a sales message it's called. So it'll say, Hey, this is Colton, you know, thanks for showing interest in a tiny home. Let me know if I could be of any help. And then they'll, it'll send an automatic text text message um, and then they'll answer back and then I'll respond to them. And, and then I'll kind of answer some preliminary questions you know, just to feel them out and see if they're a serious buyer. Um, And then I'll schedule a call with them, you know, kind of right away um, and get them on the phone, ask them questions. Do they have financing? Do they need financing? Um, That's one of the the majority questions we ask pretty much right away, just because if if they can't get financed, you know, it's not going to be a benefit to them or us. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then once, once we talk to them, Uh, a lot of times we schedule a tour if, if they're out of state or not near here, we'll just walk through the different models, the processes. Um, and, and then right after that, we try to write them up. We try to write up what they want, what they need, um, and then invoice them. Once we invoice them, we have a payment schedule. So it's 40% uh, down 40% once we begin, uh, framing. And then 20% once it's completed.
0: And then completion, you said, once again, it was like a six month period tops or four four to six months? It's like four, four, months. four
1: to five months. Four. Um, it's about six months right now, only because we just landed a project for building tiny homes for the homeless. Okay. Uh, so a, a church in uh, Livermore um, basically funded us building 18 units for the homeless. Nice. Yeah.
0: Talk about that a little bit more. What's going on? So
1: so basically, um, this nonprofit that we've uh, known for a little while, they partnered with um, the city of Livermore. They kind of were pushing this agenda, not agenda, but vision to say, look, there's a ton of homeless people. We need to try to get them off the streets and, Mm -hmm. and supply some form of transitional housing for them. So, anyways, they agree. They put this thing together with uh, Crosswind's Church. It's called, and the city of Livermore, and the city of Livermore basically funded the project, so they they paid us, um, and then Crosswind's Church is supplying the land to park the tiny homes. So they kind of partnered up um, to to provide transitional housing for the for these homeless people. Now that is something we're working on all across the state. We we want mm-hmm. more churches, more cities to you know kind of partner up and say look, we we want people off the streets. Um I want to say the governor allocated uh gosh like 1.3 billion dollars to homeless housing solutions. Um so th- they've allocated quite a bit of money, so now now it's up to us to try to go get some of that.
0: That's awesome, man. You need to get that story. You need to get your story out there about that too and spread the word. And yeah, uh, that's because that's, that's huge right there. What you're doing. Uh, you know, you should I agree for sure. If I was you, I'd be reaching out to some news, news network, stuff like that. Cause that's going to make a big difference, especially in California yeah. too. As soon, as
1: soon as we get it finished. So we're, I think we have five more homes um, left. Mm-hmm. and then as soon as they all get there we're going to do some content um and, and reach out to a bunch of news networks um you know to try to get our name out there
0: yeah cuz i mean they'll help i mean th- their push too would actually help your 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 reach and what you're trying to do as well and maybe open that's up true. some more churches that that need your help or that would reach out for your help cuz i mean that's that's good what you're doing i mean good for you guys There's too um yeah i mean obviously that's i wish you the best with that because i hope it works out too um yeah yeah so what about i I always like to ask too just so after the fact um you know warranty on these things let's talk about that do you give a warranty is it like a custom home are you the one that's you know if they're their tiny house let's say uh they break down somewhere in california and Something's wrong in their tiny house. Do you got to go out there and fix it? Or do they bring it back to you? How's it all work?
1: So we do give, um, it sounds not that great, but we give a one year uh, workmanship warranty. Okay. And then our appliances, you know, fixtures, things like that. They have anywhere from a seven to 10 year warranty. Okay. So, but our, our workmanship is only a year. And the only reason we did that is because of what you just said. They are movable. Yeah. So if if they're traveling with this thing all the time, um, you know, it's still built like a custom home. So it's not necessarily meant to travel all the time. Um, yeah. It's more meant to to live in. <laughs> you know, it's a home. <laughs> um, so so that's why we do a year. That's why we do a year, and we ship more than in California. So we'll ship to Utah, Texas. We have a couple in Florida, actually. Really. <laughs> So, so nationwide, we've shipped all over the country.
0: That's awesome. So, uh, so do you actually personally have to go out for the warrant? I mean, say you ship one to Florida and they, they claim they didn't move it. They're parked on a lot. You know, they got an Mm -hmm. issue with their, uh, ceilings falling in or something like that. Do you have to Are you flying out to Florida to make that repair?
1: No, we're hiring a local, a local GC. So we'll just hire a local,
0: local contractor. And they'll take a look at everything for you too. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, you've said like zero, I should have brushed on this on your, on the last topic too, but zero down, $0 down for them. Is that more on the financing end or is that just kind of what you guys are doing then pay later?
1: No, that's a, yeah, that's the financing. So that's, um, a home improvement company that we've partnered with—they uh, offer zero down, um, mostly to homeowners. As of right now, um, we're trying to get that switched, but zero down, uh, six eighty credit score, and they'll approve up to a hundred thousand.
0: Yeah, it's this. Uh... I'm trying to think of more questions to ask you because I'm curious about these things too. I mean, obviously (laughs) people, (laughs) people can go check them out on your website too. Uh, once we're finished with this, you know, and, and check out what you're doing and the creativity in them and stuff like that is it's pretty phenomenal. Um, literally is like a custom built home just on wheels, which is, which is awesome. Uh, so, um, you know, customer service wise, you know, obviously I like that I, we were talking about that, your warranty and everything, um, you know, during the project, what are you implementing to be better at it and, you know, treat your customers better. I always like to ask people that this on my podcast, cause we all kind of learn from each other. We all have the same mindset too. what can you change yeah. that can be better, uh, customer service wise when dealing with customers in your mind? What do you think?
1: I think. Uh, well, I think the thing we could change is we we need a uh, a customer service rep. So as of right now, me, my brother, or our assistant is is kind of handling most of the customer service stuff, um, and it's just <laughs> that's why we've taken so long to get on this podcast because it it just can be a lot, right? So because yeah. um, we want to go above and beyond, right? If a customer yeah. is unhappy with. Let's say you know part of the siding came off on transit. We want to fix it, right? That's just that's just our morals and ethics. Like we want them to be stoked about the tiny home that they got. So we go above and beyond and beyond to make that happen. Um, but as of right now, it's taking up a lot of me and my brother and our assistant's time. So I think to get better, it would be to actually hire someone who's yeah. full time customer service.
0: We actually did that just, re- um, not recently. It's been over a year now and it's been, it's been one of the best moves we made. He's actually a friend of mine. Um, and he's doing all our warranty customer service stuff. And, uh, you know, without him, it'd be like, oh man, like, you know, cause it was so much on me and my brother. We're, we're family ran too. So, uh, we were having to go to the customer's houses, look at the small things and, and, you know fix them too so just having that person in place to go look Mm -hmm. at those small things and if there is a big issue then we get involved like me or my brother will go get involved sometimes i'll go with them you know because he'll tell me what's going on a customer called me about this this and this i'm like all right i should probably go to look at it uh yeah but it's it's helped tremendously, free up time like where I can oh, focus sure. on. I'm just like you. I focus on my end's the sales end, uh, you know, growing the business, the marketing, doing uh, the interior stuff, dealing with customers too. But my brother's in the field, and um, that's how we we work really well together. So similar to cool. you, but having yep. that having that third piece of a warranty guy or, um, just a customer service in general. You know, I got customers okay. like I was there today. He just got back in town. He was out of town for a little, for something, uh, my customer service guy. And I got back today and a customer called him just to check on him, make sure he was okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Cause he was yeah. out of
0: town and just to talk with him you know that's, that's how good he is though because he came from the hospitality business so if i can if i can give you one recommendation look for somebody in hospitality that's he was a bartender okay. too and they're okay. great too because okay. they know they know that's how to something
1: t- we've been talking about quite a bit we 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 just need to pull the trigger on it for sure because yeah, yeah. then we can focus on growing the company right
0: mm-hmm. well when he More. started with us he was still kind of working part-time as a bartender because they work at night so he's working but now he's kind of left that bartending world because uh you know a lot of people will be bartenders for a long time but he just didn't want to do that his whole life he wanted to establish something and be in a company that's growing and so on too so it's totally hospitality thing definitely works man. he's yeah Yeah. you got experience in that you can talk to people especially bartenders
1: so yeah (laughs) and you can teach them how to
0: do you can teach them construction so that's the thing.
1: Okay, cool.
0: Um little we getting to the end here. Uh always like asking this question. Um unless you you can come up with anything else as far as what you want to uh about tiny homes, your movement, what your overall like how you your future, obviously I'll ask you about that. But um anything else you can come up with that you know, obviously you're doing this to change. Uh, make a big impact and me and you brushed on that a little bit too uh, mm-hmm. you know if if you can come up with any other things off the top of your head and I'll get into some personal questions but I've never talked about tiny homes this is my first time I'm curious if we haven't talked about something that I'm missing go right yeah. for it
1: <laughs> so I would say um, honestly we're really trying to to change an industry. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people going into business say that, but we believe there's an opportunity in this industry, at least to say we're the Nike or we're the Apple of this industry. Nobody has really done that and said, we're going to take over this industry and we're going to be the best. And so I think that that's our vision. That's our goal. and, And we believe it's really possible because nobody has, kind of snag that top spot. You know, you have a lot of local builders um, doing well, making high profit margins, and you know, they have some employees, but nobody's really said, okay, let's go build a great company, um, a big company uh, in this industry. And so I think that's our goal. That's our mission, you know, to solve the housing crisis, we're talking, that's a big company. You know, there's mm-hmm. tens of thousands of homeless people uh, millions of homeless people probably um, and people who can't afford housing who are you know going from apartment to apartment so it's a big goal it's a big mission um, but we believe we can execute it with the right with the right execution and the right team members
0: I think you can too man because like before I talked to you I never really thought about the tiny home you know the tiny homes and everything until I met you and 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 you obviously through Arte and everything and uh, it's it's such a great concept and great idea because it is affordability and that is a big issue like we've talked about in this country and yeah and and a lot of countries to be honest probably but you know the more yeah. focused on the U.S. it's just having an option another option where like you said from the beginning of this podcast where people can feel like they own something and have a personal home instead of just renting all the time and going from an apartment Mm -hmm. department because somebody's going to raise rents on them or something like that they could actually own this own this thing you know is awesome that's where you're making a difference too which so i i have no doubt man uh if you market this thing and keep doing what you're doing and growing like you're growing, you'll be, you'll be that Nike. So yeah, I love it. Thanks, man. <laughs> so let's get into you personally. Uh, question I ask everybody, love this question. You've built an amazing company so far and you're and you continue to grow each and every day. What lessons have you learned throughout your journey that we should all apply to our own lives or businesses, uh, that can help us grow?
1: Gosh, I think if I were to say one thing, um, it would just be to be somebody who never quits, you know, and especially in today's COVID world and, and just everything going on. I mean, small businesses have been destroyed, mm. right? But I think the people who are going to come out on the other side of this, taking territory and advancing, um, are going to be the people who say, who look this fear, this doubt, this, insecurity, whatever it is, and say, I'm not gonna quit. I'm not backing down. And so I just think that that mentality of saying, look, I'm never gonna quit. You can't break me. Um, that's what successful people have. And, and I think there there's down days and there's a lot of days where it's like, man, okay, you know, we haven't sold or this happened or this customer's unhappy. We got a bad review, whatever it is that just really, you know, bring the morale down. But those highs, through those highs and lows, if you just have that mentality to say, "I'm never going to quit," you know, mm-hmm. I know we're in this for the long haul. Um, I really think that's the key to success. You know, if you look at the average person who's succeeding on a high level, they failed at so many different things. But the difference between the people who try to start companies or try to start nonprofits, um, they fail a couple times and then they go back to their safe job. And, and they quit, you know? And so I think, um, I think the biggest thing would just be to say, we're never going to quit regardless.
0: It's a relentless mindset. Like you said that you have. And, and I love that answer, man, because it is so true. It, it's, mm-hmm. it is, if you see if you just live a life of, you're just in fear and you, you, you fail one time and you're like, I'm never going to do that again. Um, you know, you can make an approach like, all right, you invest in a stock or something. You know, you're in the stock market, you invest, you lose money, you pull your money out after that loss, and you say, I'm never doing this again. How are you ever going to make money? You know, like the stock market has its highs and lows. That's just a, a quick example, but you know, so many people live in that fear based mentality too. I mean, we hear it, we hear this kind of explanation through Arte is that you just, you got you get knocked down, you get back up, get that knocked down, you get back up. and there's a difference between our mentalities as business owners that we just want to keep going. Um, some of the stuff, yeah, it hurts, but you have it's a weird mindset, man. you just want you just want to keep going. you know, you might lose a little bit of money. It's, you're not going to yeah. dwell on it. The past is a past. That money has gone. It's not coming back. Once you get that mindset that, okay, it's over, it's not coming back. Yeah. Well, you, are you going to sit here and cry about it? Or are going to just try and figure right out on. how you can pivot and make that money back or that situation better? Yeah. You totally. know? It's here. And then
1: uh, one other thing I would say is is the mentality of actually loving the process. I think so many people, especially in our social media world we're in, everybody sees this end result, right? They see the fancy cars, the nice house, the the dream life, the vacations, and that's what they fall in love with going in. And if that doesn't materialize, they're unhappy. I think the most successful entrepreneurs actually love the process of building, you know, metaphorically they love the process of actually building a company mm-hmm. the grind the 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 late nights the early mornings the weight of the world on their shoulders you know all these employees that are expecting paychecks and just the responsibility that comes along with being a successful entrepreneur i i think i think the number one thing is never quitting but then also loving the process the process is going to take highs and lows you know Like me and my wife, our relationship, right? There's been highs and lows, Mm -hmm. but the reward of, of sticking out through all of that, that's what the reward comes in, right? The, the relentless behavior to say, I made a vow to you, you know, in marriage. Right. And it's, I'm not quitting (laughs) like come hell or high water. I'm not quitting. And I think, I think, especially in our culture, just, and people are quitting too much because they have this idea of how things are supposed to look when, in fact, it never turns out that way. So you have to love the the grind, the process of actually building.
0: Yeah, yeah that's I love that, too, because, I mean, you, if you don't love the process, obviously, you're, you're I mean, why go forward? That's the thing. And loving what you're doing, too, is so important as well uh that's always my recommendation to people like i deal with with my girlfriend now i talked she's like i just don't know what i you know i'm not she has a job now um is it what she wants to do in the future no i mean she's but i go that time will come i mean i was like you uh, me and you relate on a lot of levels. I was trying to invent an app at one point. I went and saw an attorney because I had this great idea, and then I was trying to do something else at one point. And then I had a buddy that was trying to get me in something else. I was always all over the place, but yeah, finally, exactly. when I sat there and I was like, "What are you actually good at? What do you know?" You know, you've grown up in the construction industry your whole entire life. Uh, you you you're good at sales. You know homes. You know this stuff. Actually, my dad sat me down at one point, so I'll give him a shout out on this one. But, (laughs) you know, it's just you start you really start figuring out. It's like play the cards you've been dealt. You know what I mean? And and that's always rang in my head for a long time. Play the cards you've been dealt. Because when you start going outside of that, God has a path for you for a reason. He's putting you within that path. Those cards he dealt you, you can go outside of them, do something else. But are you going to truly be happy doing that? Probably not, you know, but me growing up as a kid playing with Legos all the time, building things, constantly always building things and enjoying that. But now designing homes and seeing them come to life in reality, like I'm like, thank God I stuck with the path that I was, you know, I'm now I'm seeing the true path I'm supposed to be. And there's a lot That's of other awesome. pieces to that too, you know, that I'm realizing as I go, like, how can I help people more? I mean, this podcast is one of them. I don't ask for anything. I don't advertise. I just, I enjoy meeting people like yourself and, and hel- helping people, you know, cause somebody might listen to this episode and be like, there is affordable housing that I can do. I can buy a tiny home and put it on a lot and I'd be happy. Or I can travel around the country with the, a uh, custom home which is freaking awesome you know <laughs> like <laughs> I can sure. be in a, my own custom little house travel the country see that you know and especially in the times we're in and just like it's crazy man so I, I'm I agree with you big time it's just loving your process doing something you really enjoy and For that's sure. what I that's what I tell my girlfriend now I go you're gonna figure it out I mean I was all mm-hmm. over the place you know, at at one point she's younger than me, but I was I was all over the place, and I figured it out. And that time's going to come when you don't know it. You know, that's usually mm-hmm. how it happens, right. and you'll figure it out. And God For will sure. bless you from there because you'll you'll enjoy what you're doing. That's so. exactly right. I couldn't agree more. Yep. And it, it it helps
1: you endure the hard times too if you love what you're doing, you know, and love the people you're doing it with. Um, I just think it helps. It helps long-term. You can, you can weather the storms.
0: hmm Exactly. You know? Exactly. So you brushed on this a little bit. Let's go deeper. I always ask about your past. Let's talk about your future. Where will we see Colton Paulus in the future? Five, 10, 15 years from now, where will you be?
1: I think, um, to get kind of vague, not specific, and then I'll get into specifics. I think I'll always um, be somebody building. I just love the process of creating something, innovating something, and then building something. So whether whether the vision for our company is to have an exit strategy, you know, which we've talked about in, in high levels, to actually sell this company to a bigger company, or keep it, keep it in the family, keep building it. um, That's still up in the air. But I think you'll, you'll see me in five to 10 years involved in companies um, that are growing, that are growing and continue to try to grow um, just because it's how I'm wired. You know, it's just how I'm wired. I want to, I want to build something. I want to create something. Um, It's less about the money for me. Money, money's, Cool, right like we just bought new trucks not too long ago that's fun right but i've been driving this for a month and a half and the the luxury of this truck wears out you know that's not fulfilling mm-hmm. so all the all the things that come along with it are nice and it's cool and the experience is cool but it's it's about the people it's about the families that we can help you know um, both our customers and then our employees. And so the thing that gets me up every day um, fighting to build this company is that. And so I just think you'll, you'll see us, you'll see me um, build building great companies and, and trying to build great people along the way.
0: See where you just, where you're going to make it and separate yourself right there is, is, when you said it's about people and families obviously money is nice i mean people that are listening to this too you know the if, you, if people say it's not about the money obviously the money and the and the return on what you're doing is nice that's why we work we work to make money so um Correct. but you making it about people and making about helping people and families. That's the difference maker right there. That's why you're going to make money and be successful too, because if you change your mindset to that and really just focus on helping people, once again, back to this podcast content, so on that I do too, it's all about direct, it's all directed towards helping people uh, learn this industry as much as I possibly can, because it is an expensive industry so, and there's not a lot of people that care about that. They do just care about the check that goes in their pocket. But if you actually sure. change that mentality, like you are to, okay, I'm doing this for, to create change in my community and in the country and maybe even the world when you start shipping them overseas, uh, you know, long, <laughs> long-term goal right there. Um, for sure just, you know, it's, that's the difference is because you're trying to make a difference and trying to help and big companies, a lot of big companies had that same mentality and they're huge today. So that's exactly right. Yeah.
1: I I couldn't agree more. I just think it's something that gets lost in this, this hyper, you know, social media world we live in where, where people just, they just want the finer things and that stuff's just not fulfilling. You know, I mean, my parents, right. They had a, they had an 8,000 square foot house growing up. And, um, I think I moved into that house when I was in sixth grade. Right. So they, we had like a 1200 square foot house growing up. They built a successful company, built their dream house. And me and my brother were talking about this the other day. Some of our best memories are at that 1200 square foot house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's like, so, So, and you could go back in your life and say, what are some of my best memories? Is it purchasing this nice item or is it spending time with loved ones or hiring that employee? Or we had an employee come in the other day um, and he literally was sobbing, crying his eyes out because something, a personal matter, I won't share exactly what happened, but his daughter got into some trouble. Some things happened. Um, and he he's able to come into my office our office and talk to us about that issue and so that kind of stuff to me is fulfilling like we can shape that young man's future and mm-hmm. and pour life into him and mentor him and coach him through a tragic event that could lead to him doing something stupid whereas for for us and for me i get to pour into him and lead him and and try to try to shape his life a little bit. And and he's, you know, he, he can't say thank you enough for the things we've done. That's not to toot my own horn. That's just to say that is worth way more money to me, you know, him being able to talk to me, to come into my office, um, to receive whatever coaching leadership, Mm -hmm. you know, certainty and, and and just be, be there to support him. You know, that's worth any worth way more money to me than, than the actual money.
0: Yeah, you have, your employees have trust in you too. You built that trust with them to where they they mm-hmm. want to come to you not just as their boss but as a friend. You know, like that's, that's the thing right. that's that's loyalty within your business, which is huge. Not a lot of people have that, and especially when companies get bigger, it's hard hard to keep that and maintain that, that too. Um, you know, yeah. I uh, like I I'll I'll say this a hundred times. I relate to you on a lot of levels. I mean, it's just. Mm-hmm. A lot of your background is similar to mine growing up, stuff like that. My dad was a hard worker. He he worked construction. He was really never around much when I was a kid. He was around when it mattered. Uh, Football games, always looked up in the stands. My old man was there. You know, that's when it mattered to me. Him working, him working didn't bother me, you know, because he wasn't home till late, blah, blah, blah. Just showed that instilled in my head that, I needed to do the same thing. Plus growing up, he made me work too. I'm sure you had to do the same going to job sites, Mm -hmm. doing, you know, helping them out. Cause you know, I get it to this day. I, you know, he he always tells me how my parents didn't give me nothing. You know, why should I? Yeah. So (laughs) I I get it. I had to work for everything. I had to work two jobs, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Dad, I'm kinda working right now, not just for your company, but I'm also doing real estate. I also have a home watch business and uh on top of all my social media and podcasts, we want to count jobs. Yeah. I mean I'm doing Mm a doing a lot. lot, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing a lot to get ahead too. So I learned from the best. So anyway. It's just, yeah, yeah it's man, awesome. it's it, what you said, though, is powerful. It it really is. You get a company, you get everybody on your side and they feel like family within the business. It, mm-hmm. It's the sky's the limit for the business, too. And that's kind of how we're for building sure. ours is trying to keep that more family experience within the company, uh, because mm-hmm. it's just tr- it's trust, too. You know, we just hired somebody new. Uh, I interviewed her. Uh, she was the first interview I had. I hired her. Um, I didn't even interview anybody else. I just got that kind of vibe, vibe. you know? Yeah. So it makes a big difference within the business. too, for sure.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I couldn't agree more.
0: So last question, what the show's all about. So what exactly do people need to look for when building a new tiny home and why should they choose Colton, Paulus? as their tiny home builder of choice?
1: I think it's the number one thing is, is the experience of working with us. So it's a true family operated business. Um, And we're going to take care of you, you know, we're not crazy expensive, but then again, we're not the cheapest in the market. So we're, we're not trying to ramp out a ton of these and, and shortcut our margins. But I would just say work, working with us is going to be an affordable experience and a great experience because you're dealing with family members and we're going to treat our customers like our family.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Colin, that's been awesome, man. I, it, I learned a lot personally, obviously, with tiny homes. I just never, I was always curious to what you're doing. I mean, you're doing big things mm-hmm. with them. Uh yeah, I appreciate that. Building tiny things, doing big things. So (laughs) exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh it's uh it's cool, man. It's a cool concept. Uh, you know, that's what this show's all about, just hitting these little niche concepts and and getting Mm -hmm. people on like yourself to talk about them too. Um, where can people see what you're doing, first of all, and then also uh connect with you, find you on social media.
1: So so the the company is Anchored Tiny Homes, so you can find us online, Anchored, A-N-C-H-O-R-E-D, tinyhomes.com, um, at Anchored Tiny Homes on both Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then my personal is is Colton Paulus, uh, so C O L T O N, and then last name P-A-U-L-H-U-S. Um, I post a lot of family stuff and... That's really it. <laughs> I don't do a lot of, of business stuff on there. You know, I'm kind of not sharing much. I need to up my game a little bit when it comes to to my social media presence. But um, a lot of it's just family and just sharing life. Um, sometimes on Facebook, I'll drop some nuggets, but that's about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. You <laughs> got to sh- so. you, you share what you're doing, man. People want to see what, I mean, this is, it's, 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 it's interesting what you're doing. It really is. It's awesome. So I would definitely share more for sure. For sure. But Mm -hmm. no, I, I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on glad we can finally Mm -hmm. link up and do this too. I know. Thanks (laughs)
1: for having me, man. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate your time. I know how busy you are. So everybody that is listening, thank you as always like comment, share, subscribe five stars only on, on the, on the liking on, uh, you know, on iTunes. So I'd appreciate that. And comment on there too takes you two minutes and thanks everybody for listening. And I will see you guys on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Real Build. And guys, if you would just take a little bit of your time to write a review below, I'd really appreciate it. It doesn't take long. Obviously, reviews are going to make this show be heard by more people. And that's what we need. We need to get this out there. So please write a review, share it with your friends and family. And thank you so much for everybody that's listening. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.